You're listening to episode three of the Innovation Conversation, brought to you by Innovation Network. In this episode, we go through a range of innovation topics, such as a tour bus pivot, as well as how Lego fall in love with their users' pain points. The episode lasts around 20 minutes. I really hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Innovation Conversation. We've got Grant. Hey everybody, yeah. episode three, we made it. <laughs> we can say that every episode. <laughs> yes, episode 103. We're not cancelled yet. <laughs> and we've got Chad. Hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm Connor. So, should we just jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First topic. All right, first topic and in innovation news. Uh, keeping up with our transport theme from last week. Um, it's a pivot on bus services in London. So there's a company that's um, turning their empty tourist, you know, the tourist buses have got those open double-decker buses. They've pivoted those into UK uh, commuter buses, COVID-friendly. So you could have social distancing, sit at the top, um, less chance of virus transmission, uh, all that sort of good stuff uh, in a really neat pivot, I thought. So all these empty tourist sightseeing buses uh, getting turned into commuter COVID nineteen friendly commuter buses. So I love that. Cool. Yeah, and and for anyone who's not familiar, uh, pivot is innovation language for uh, for failure. We don't say failure; we say pivot, don't we, Grant? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no such thing as failure <laughs> in innovation, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see exactly what were they doing again. Um, they're just. Yeah, so it's um, a a London open-air bus company that's permitted to commuter trips. So yeah. because I, I, I don't know I about the London transport scene, but I think that it's it's safer to be in an open double-decker bus, so open to the air, yeah. social distancing. Uh, it would be a safer commute than like a closed and badly ventilated or poorly ventilated traditional bus. So they've taken all these empty tourist buses and turn them into um covid friendly uh, commuter buses yeah yeah so so um for, it's, it's no longer for sort of seeing the london eye and it's more for going to the shops and things like that yeah, in those yeah. buses it's a really good idea yeah uh, what do you think about that chad well i'm always for uh, business pivot, businesses pivoting um, and with the climate now and uh, there not being any tourists around at the moment i think it's a fantastic way for them to uh, utilize their buses and actually at least make some money in this in this trying time for them yeah yeah definitely i mean you can imagine what sort of hit they they took i mean nobody was going anywhere so um def, definitely a really good idea so um yeah because I, I, I can imagine with with them being in, in the open air that's it's very useful because um apparently you know transmission rates are, are much better in, in the open air so yeah I, I can see that working definitely yeah cool yeah. You're making me think, uh, talking about the tourism industry and pivots, I must look next week into like the hotel industry and pivots. So I might do that quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so pivots is where you adjust rapidly to a change or an innovation um, made famous by the book, The Lean Startup, which will make an innovation tool of the week in a few weeks time, definitely. Oh, definitely, yeah, a big one. Um, yeah. yeah, I can imagine hotels, you know, um, sort of hospital beds and things like that. Um, I mean, I haven't looked into it, but... Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'll look into it between now and next week's podcast, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Well, keeping up with the theme of pivoting, Connor and Chad, um, 
my next uh, topic, innovation topic, um, on sort of corporate innovation trends and good ideas is, is a very cool one. Um, and it's all about embracing a culture of failure. Now, we know from innovation that 72% of all new product launches fail. Um, most solutions, most processes, uh, they fail because the user didn't really want or need them. Um, but corporate culture doesn't normally allow for failure. It doesn't, definitely doesn't reward failure. Um, so there's an organization that's created something, it's a rude word that rhymes with muck or duck. So muck up nuts, uh, but it's a rude word version, is a, um, a whole business helping corporate companies embrace and fall in love with failure. Because we know that failure is a, a leap board or a springboard to success. So they have a, a really cool blog, uh, uh, muckupnuts.com, uh, and all sorts of cool articles. And they actually run this as a solution for companies where they help you through storytelling and facilitation to fall in love with your failures and learn from them and use them as a springboard. That's an incredibly brave name to call a company. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spam blocker uh, uh, must be. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It must so, be. It must be Dutch. Yeah, it must be. It must be a different language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So, so we we've got a bit of a failure theme going on. I like this because it's, it's a yeah, really important yeah. aspect of of innovation, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, there's definitely more we should do around that. I think yeah. it's key because a uh, schooling system, um, a whole society teaches you to avoid failure, and actually, in innovation, you've got to fall in love with it and fail um, fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What wasn't it Thomas Edison that said he didn't fail a thousand times to build a light bulb, but found a thousand ways to um, not not to one. build a yeah. light bulb? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And then now there's a company actually selling failure by the looks of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good product. We need to yeah. get in on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it, it's definitely something worth looking into. You know, like. Um, selling sort of, of um, lessons in failure is, is, is a really good business model, I'd say. Can you imagine the job interview? Oh, sorry, <laughs> your, failures, your failures is not big enough. You just knock <laughs> it up enough. Oh, yeah. Considering how many times I failed, I should have uh, owned shares in this company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a company you can recruit for, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, do, do you think there's any sort of future in um, making like failure departments and companies or things like that, Any anything like that? Well, there's large, large corporates that have done things like um, rewarding failure. Uh, Tata Communications has got a prize for the biggest failure of the year. Um, and I think that's because normally failures are swept under the rug and people try not to make them, but actually we can really learn from those. So yeah. um, that could actually be another topic is um, so using failure and, and uh, hopefully using failure and learning from it rather than just sweeping under the rug. Or yeah it. definitely yeah i mean yeah. company-wise or on an individual basis it, it could probably drastically change the actions that that a company or individual takes i, I imagine yeah uh, especially in terms of innovation where there's no exact science there's no magic wand yeah yeah i also think it's an amazing leap forward in just having a healthy attitude towards the failure within the company yeah. um maybe um, not treating it as the best thing in the world, but as a necessary aspect of what needs to happen in the company. I think it's it's fantastic that, that well, we're doing abs that. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah, you can't have the innovation without the failure. Um, so actually, we want to do we want to do an episode on failing smarter, right? So yeah, that's definitely definitely one for the future podcast list. I like that. 
Failure conference. Failure conference. <laughs> Note to self, you heard it here first. Okay. Well, let's, like let's pivot from failure to success, Connor, because your robo-bird idea from episode one <laughs> is gaining some traction. Uh, and I found the BirdBot 2.0 are very, very cool. So they've created a drone with bird's wings. So it can um, maneuver very agilely compared to a traditional drone. It can hover. Uh, they're using it for like safety inspections, things that need like a constant motion. The picture looks really weird because it's a traditional, traditional drone with these like bird wings and I can't quite figure it out, but it exists and it's in prototype. Um, it's, a, it's a new flapping drone, take, can take off, hover and swoop like a bird. <laughs> wow, that is cool. I mean, um, it's, it's, it reminds me a bit of the old sort of flying machines, you know, from like the, the early 19th century sort of thing. Um, it, it looks really strange. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, what, what do you think they use it for most? I mean, um, what do you think of other main sort of uses for, for this? Uh, the article was saying um, things where you need like fairly static hovering, fairly precise movements. Um, and pretty fascinating. I'm not enough of a biology student uh, mm. to know how it works, but obviously the the wing motion of birds is so much more efficient than anything man-made with right. a propeller. Um, so too, too cool. Uh, definitely worth checking out the article. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine actually. I can imagine it, it saves a lot of battery life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <same> <laughs> like aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Connor, somebody stole yeah. your idea. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we, we're still we're still doing Birdbot 2.1. I mean, 1.0. That's coming out at Christmas because my wife wants one. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I still think in, in terms of taking bird photos, this would probably scare away most of the birds still in its early <laughs> yeah, yeah, like stages. We'll Maybe do yeah. an experiment fail. Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> I, it I could, could be a podcast case study. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. All right, so we we got to rate this now then. Um, Cool. So uh, let's go for first simplicity. What, what do we think of simplicity? We have a tough one because it, it was found in nature, wasn't it? So it, it, in that regard, it's quite simple. However, I can't imagine the, the process of, of sticking it on a drone was, was quite simple. No, I feel like that's not simple at all. So um, yeah, simplicity, I'm going to go six, maybe. I don't know what you guys six. think. It can't, it can't be easy. But it's definitely not easy, but I do have a question. Are they just shoved on the sides? Because you said it's just the normal drone or is it actually expertly put on and it does something to change? No, it does, it does work. It does absolutely okay. work. So um, it's a yeah. drone that flies like a bird, hovers like a bird. Okay. So, so beautiful uh, technology. Yeah. I, I can agree with the six, but I might be leaning towards five. I mean, Connor, you break the tar. Uh, yeah, I've, I've typed on five. I, I agree with the five. <laughs> all right, so, yeah. all right. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did read a conspiracy theory that um, all all birds were replaced by the government to be drones. <laughs> so oh, wow! This gives a lot more validity to that. But let's not go down yeah. that rabbit hole. <laughs> cool. Okay, let's go to impact. That could be an application. Uh, impact. Um, <laughs> I didn't do enough studying to see what the real impacts are. Yeah, things like um, uh, monitoring. Uh, changing tech that needs to be more precise. I'm not sure how wide a, a drone that flies like a bird would be. Yeah, um, I'm, it's it, it's probably 
it's hard to judge if it's in its early stages, isn't it? Um, yeah. So we don't really know what sort of impact it has. I, I would be, um, I, I would say maybe give it lower than, than the robo sloth and um, the uh, self-cleaning chairs because I, I think they've got quite high impacts. Yeah. Um, we both gave them a nine. So I'm, I'm thinking sort of like a maybe a six or a seven for this one. Do you know what you guys I think? think I think six, Chad. What do you think? I, I can agree with six, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not looking good for the bird parts. <laughs> it's not looking good. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's only because I can only see this working for a narrow aspect or a narrow uh, number of people yeah. when, uh, in within the industry. I, I can't see yeah. it being like everybody in the neighborhood having one. Yeah, I'm I'm huge into tech and and drones and uh, and birds. I'm very much into birds. I can't imagine how I'd use this. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm sure it's got a lot of applications in, in very niche markets, you know, um, definitely. So cool. So ease to implement. What, what are we thinking for that? Oh, I think it might be six again, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe this one yeah. could be a seven maybe because I mean, um, are you thinking six as well, Chad? I was thinking six, but tell me why you said seven. You might sway me. <laughs> um, just because I, I can imagine for the use cases that you'd use this for, it, um, it, it could be pretty, I just feel bad for it, to be honest. Shall we give it a six? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not it's not a bad score. It's, it's just a mediocre score. It's, it's the, other, the other two scored so highly, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen when you find an innovation that really doesn't work and we give it twos and threes, Connor? <laughs> well, <laughs> Just gonna have to, we'll have to have a hall of shame. Yeah, <laughs> hall of that's fame. a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah we definitely. We, we got to split this podcast into seasons and then we, we can have a hall of fame and a hall of shame. Yeah, best <laughs> innovation. Exactly. And we'll round out the school. Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. So we'll give that a six. And so the final score is simplicity five out of 10, impact six out of 10, and ease to implement six out of 10. So mediocre. Let's, let's not call it a failure. It's a uh, it's done well. It's still Just a pass. Let's be honest. Quite a robo sloth. <laughs> yeah, an interesting, interesting bit of tech. Eh? Interesting bit of tech. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, it's time to pivot to the next topic. Um, and my question to you guys is: Do you know who is the largest tire manufacturer in the world? Tire manufacturer. Yeah, you know tires, wheels, tires. Oh, wheels. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Michelin. That's my, yeah, my guess. Keep Chad. guessing, Chad. Uh, Tiger Wheel and Tire. I have no clue. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, it's Lego. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lego makes the most wheels in the world. <laughs> um, so I, I love Lego. Um, it's my little boy's absolute favorite uh, toy. Um, I don't know when it was invented, but it was a long, long time ago. It must be one of the oldest running toys in the world. Um, and this week's creativity tip of the week is fall in love with your users, really fall in love with your users' pain. Um, and that statistic I mentioned is so true. 72% of all new product launches fail. And I think it's because we just didn't really get to know our user enough. And Lego had been having some pain. So Lego had been in a loss-making um, position and they'd been trying to nail a product, uh, Lego for girls, and they really weren't getting traction. They weren't succeeding. Um, and this week's link is a lovely story about a little girl who wrote a letter to Lego, all about the, the type of Lego that she wanted that just wasn't provided for. And this spurned the designers at Lego to uh, really go out and talk to their target user 
um, and they created a whole new series of Lego called Lego Friends, which Chad, if you've got kids, uh, if you, which you don't, uh, you'll know Lego Friends have got all kinds of uh, very cool things that actually are, you, you probably couldn't label them for girls. It's um, maybe gender neutral to girl friendly, um, but beautiful, beautiful toys and a very profitable line for Lego now. So it was a segment that they just couldn't get. Uh, and actually the idea that really worked came from an eight-year-old girl, I think, as I understand it. Well, so that's listen, great. Listen to your user, yeah. I, I was actually watching a, a, a video the other day and these people were doing a review of certain products that they couldn't understand why they were marketed towards specific genders. And I think this is a really great um, idea that they've just made it gender neutral and it actually works. And the fact that it came from an eight-year-old little girl's little letter going mm -hmm. to Lego is even better. I mean, it just shows the imagination in, in young people is, is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and ask your customers what they want. I, I really loved it, yeah. yeah. Really good lesson, a lesson for all companies, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it takes a lot of, um, it's, it's a bit hit, hit to the ego when, when you sort of uh, decide that, that your users know what they want more than you do, you know, yeah, but it's, it's yeah. definitely worth doing. And it's, it, you know, sort of instilling that culture into all companies because it has, it reaps so much benefits because you're, 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 you're listening to, to what the, the customers who are buying your products want. You know, yeah, rather than you, the product manager, marketing manager, design team saying, right, we come up with this idea, yeah. we're going to launch it to our customers. Yeah, it's almost outdated that way of thinking now, isn't it? And, and yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'll tell you what process helps with that is design thinking, innovation. If only there was a training company that uh, taught that sort of stuff. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Innovation yeah. Network. <laughs> <laughs> that's 555. Five, five. Anyway, no. <laughs> All right, Connor, give us the innovation tool of the week. It's time amazing. For our last yep. segment. Yeah. So, innovation tool of the week. Um, so, we all know how important rapid prototyping is in innovation. Um, once you've uh, sort of sorted out through some ideas um, and, and you want to make a quick prototype to, to sort of um, get your point across, um, if, if you're making software, then a really useful tool is, is something called Figma. Um, what Figma is, is um, it's a bit like what we reviewed in the first episode, uh, Miro. Um, we're always going to go back to, to comparing things to Miro because we, we love Miro. But um, it's, it's a bit like that, but um, it's got more sort of design elements in it. So it's essentially um, is like a mind mapping tool crossed with Photoshop, I would describe it. So um, what it allows you to do is sort of drag planes onto a board um, and add sort of wireframe things. So that's sort of um, stuff to help um, design a user interface. But it's got a lot of design tools like Photoshop in it, such as um, controlling layers. And what it allows you to do is, is sort of make a really detailed mock-up of, um, of a user interface that you can then give to a coder or something like that. And they can go out and make it for you. So it's really useful for someone who's sort of... Um, does, does a lot of the design stuff themselves, however, however can't code, and they sort of uh, send that out to a freelancer. Um, instead of sort of uh, making a rough prototype on paper and then making some better sketches of it, um, you can keep the whole prototype process within Figma. So it's really useful. Yeah. And also you could do user interface prototypes yourself before you need to hire an expensive design or programming team. So I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
um, and, and it's useful for, for anything. It's, you know, websites, apps, emails, even um, super useful for all that stuff. So yeah, def definitely want to keep an eye on. So that's Figma, um, F-I-G-M-A. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm definitely checking that one out today. Oh yeah, yeah note, to, note yourself. <laughs> yeah, the free, free, free version gives you uh, three boards and then unlimited for a few, if you pay a little fee a month, I think. So yeah, definitely want I'll to check out. How does the pricing uh, compare to Miro? Uh, I think it's very similar, eerily similar. I, I was wondering if they were by the same company or something. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, because you get the three free free boards like in Miro, if, uh, and that's for free, and then you, you pay for anything more than that. So, And, and it works in, it, the teams look a lot similar to Miro as well on the side. So, Cool. Well, yeah, worth a check that's, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, and that's all we got time for this week, folks. Uh, thanks so much. That was another whirlwind innovation tool or tour. Some some cool topics. Yeah, same definitely. Same time next week. Enjoy it. Same, same time next time. week. Yeah, <laughs> good. Awesome. We'll see you guys awesome. next episode. Bye. Bye bye. Bye, bye guys. Thank you so much for joining us for episode three of the Innovation Conversation. If you want to get in touch with us, you can go to innovationtrainingnetwork.com or you can email sales at innovationtrainingnetwork.com. I really hope you join us for the next episode.